Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I love Luke 17. I was second camp meeting I ever preached in would have been in the summer of 87, Corpus Christi, Texas. I had preached in a, in a previous camp meeting and the speakers were not, you know, internationally known or anything like that. They were just uh, ministers uh, there in that area. But in this, in this particular uh, camp meeting, there were some one like, like what I used to call high-octane preachers. I mean, they were, they were you know, internationally known. Uh, one of them had an, uh, had an airplane. One of them was on TV all over the world. And, and I was placed... I had a, uh, was given Tuesday night to preach, and these two high-octane preachers were preaching on Wednesday night and Monday night. So I was pretty, I was very intimidated. I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't mind doing these day meetings. And, and, but man, a, a night meeting with all these people and all these two preachers, and both of them were there. I was like, oh, my God. And so, uh, I, man, I was in that hotel room. I'll never forget that. They used to put us in a beautiful hotel right there on the, uh, what was the name of that road right there? It's right where the, you overlook the bay, and it's so pretty there in, in Corpus Christi. And, and uh, anyway, Sky, is it Skyline? Anyway, uh, we, were, we were there, and uh, uh, I was in there just praying, praying up a storm. What is it, Ocean Drive? That's what it is, yeah. And, I, man, I was just I was praying and praying, praying, praying. And the Lord gave me a word. Isn't it good when God gives you something? I mean, you just it gives you confidence. It helps you know, you know, I'm right where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to do, you know. And so I'll never forget getting up and preaching out of Luke 17 and how, how the Lord gave it to me. And then when I gave an altar call, even those two preachers got up and came to the altar. I ended up praying for them for healing. One of them got healed in his back. The other said later, I'll tell you, God touched it. It was his knee or his back or something like that. But it was just amazing how God, he'll put you in a situation in which you really need him. Then he, then he shows up to help you out. Luke 17 has always been a very dear portion of Scripture because of that and that memory in my life. Now let me read it there in, in, uh, in verse 11. Let's read through it and then we'll come back and look at it for just a moment as we teach the Word this morning. It said, It came to pass as he, he being Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, now notice this, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found to return to give God, uh, to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said, Jesus said, Arise, go thy way. Now notice this again. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now we've seen this before in two other messages that we've taught on the subject of faith. Thy faith. Jesus identifying faith operating in the life of a particular, particular individual. Now, of course, we know the Spirit of God inspired the writers of the Bible to write it under the inspiration of God, 1 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness so that we, men and women of God, may be mature and thoroughly furnished. Now, 
this would have been an opportunity as was Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. Go thy way, thy faith is made thee whole. Daughter, go thy way, thy faith is... Uh, go in peace, thy faith is made thee whole. And others, blind Bartimaeus, the same thing. It would have been an excellent opportunity for the Holy Ghost to give an exposure to the power of God working in the ministry of Jesus. Well, Jesus could have just said to the crowd, and I'm sure it would have been a, a humble expression of it, but he could have said, man, that anointing of the Holy Ghost that came on me on the Jordan River, it got this guy healed. It got this woman healed. It got that blind man healed. But he never caused attention to be brought upon himself, but he gave attention to that which got the individual to him to get them healed. Do you get that? Now you say, well, why is that such an important point? Because much of the church world believes God can do anything. But if you talk to them and ask them, then, then they, they really don't have any platform for saying, well, I can't really go to God and really ask God to do something for me. If He really wants to do something for me, He can do it. I'm open to it. But as far as me actually believing the Word of God and actually initiating something, let me say that again, actually initiating something, go to God for healing, go to God for financial breakthrough, go to God for deliverance, go to God to be free from depression, go to, go to God to be free from addiction, whatever it may be, as far as doing that, well, I, I guess I just need to wait and see what God's going to do. Uh, a lot of people say it like this, I'm kind of waiting on His sovereign will for my life. Well, these guys would have died lepers if they would have had that attitude or went to that church. Amen? It's true. They would have died lepers. The woman with an issue of blood would have died a woman with an issue of blood. Blind Bartimaeus would have died a blind beggar. But this is such an important point of faith. You can initiate. You can go to God. You can go to God and say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to be sick and tired anymore. And God will put you around the right people, the right message to cause faith to come to your heart so that you can respond to Him and faith can make you whole. Now let's go back and look at this just a little bit. came to pass that he, when He went to Jerusalem, when Jesus went to Jerusalem, He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as He entered into a certain village, there met Him ten men, everybody say ten men, that were lepers which stood afar off. Now, this is a rejected place, and these are rejected people. Now let me say that again. This is, this is a rejected place. This is a place where most Jewish people will go around. On their journey, they would take a journey around this not to go through it. They felt like Samaria was cursed. They were half-breeds, that they had violated the covenants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had violated Levitical law. Samaritans worshipped their way. Jewish people worshipped their way in Jerusalem. Amen? So most Jews on their journeys would go around that area. But Jesus, this is good news, especially for us here in Galveston, Jesus is not afraid of cursed places. You say, why do you say that? When, when Lee and I were in field ministry, begin to pray about uh, uh, leaving the field ministry and coming and, and pioneering Island Church, you know, a lot of ministers that we knew would say, well, you know, uh, in Galveston, you're going to go down to Galveston? Calvison is, and we were already living here. We already had a nice home here and everything, and we're enjoying life here and everything. And uh, Galveston, Galveston, a lot of them say that, 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 that place is cursed. Now, if you look at our history, you'd think that. You know, our island's been destroyed seven times by storm and twice by disease. 
Amen. It's about disease. During the Civil War, on the occupation of the Confederacy, the beginning of the Civil War, yellow fever wiped out the city. Then at the end of the war, when the Union Army uh, came in, they brought yellow fever with them, devastated it again. And then all the hurricanes, we go all, you know, back to Ike and, and back to Carla and back to Alicia and, and back to, I think there was a storm in 45 or 47. Uh, of course, we knew the great 1900 storm was the greatest natural disaster to ever happen in the United States. Man, that place is cursed. Jesus is not a of any cursed place. He loves to bring blessing to it. That's why we're here. Jesus is saying, I'm blessing Galveston Island. I'm blessing Galveston County. I'm raising up island church to be a blessing. And then cursed people. There's people who think that they're cursed. I'm just cursed. Everything I seem to do goes wrong and everything I've ever tried to be a part of has just been destroyed. Listen, you're not cursed. You're blessed. God wants to remove the curse and give you blessing. You've got to let him do it. Now, here's these guys. Now, leprosy back then, they did not know, of course, medicine uh, back then was not like it is today. Uh, they found out that one strain of leprosy is not contagious. The dry leprosy is not a contagious type of leprosy. And that was pretty much the predominant uh, ancient leprosy back in those days was a dry leprosy. But they thought that if you had leprosy, especially if you were Jewish, that was a curse because so many people got leprosy because of their disobedience to Levitical law. That's why Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest because God actually gave them a format that if you wanted to be healed from leprosy, you had to go to the priest and the priest would actually do a ritual and do an investigation of your flesh to make sure you were cleared of leprosy. So here's what they did with lepers. They put them in the garbage dump. So they were rejected. No matter how you've ever felt rejected in your life, I want you to know Jesus accepts you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's not afraid of cursed places or rejected people. Now, this is something that I find runs throughout the golden or the scarlet thread of faith in the Bible. They came to Jesus. Now, notice this very closely. And let this be, you know, let it just be impacted into your spirit or impressed into your spirit. They lifted up their voices and said, now notice this. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. Now notice, it's a very simple phrase. But it carries a lot of weight by revealing this. We see what they did say, but here's what they could have said. Jesus, look at us. We are lepers. Now I don't know what kind of response that would have gotten from Jesus because we don't have that recorded in the Bible. But they did not, now listen to me, this is a principle of faith you must understand. They did not come to Jesus based upon their need. They came to Jesus based on who He was. He is the master. He is the dispenser of God's mercy. I don't know where they got that information. I don't know how they got that information. The word master in the Greek literally means the preeminent one, the one that is over all. How did they get that information? They must have heard testimonies of healing. They must have heard testimonies of thousands of people being fed. They must have heard testimonies of the calming of the storm. They must have had tes heard testimonies of supernatural delivering power and they just came to the conclusion that he's the master. He's the master of leprosy. He's the master of disease. He's the master of blindness. He's the master of storms. He's the master and I'm telling you, he was the master, is the master, and forever will be the master. Amen? Amen? So they didn't come based on their need. They came based on the answer. 
That means when you come to Jesus by faith, you're going to have to come based on the answer. Don't go to Jesus begging and groveling and like, oh, Jesus, you know, you see how, what I'm going through? You know how much I'm hurting? He's not going to do anything for you. Well, I just believe somehow, someway, somehow, someway. I heard of a, two ministers that were praying. It's a true story. They were praying for revival. One of the pastor of the church, the other that was bringing, uh, bringing the, uh, a revival. Actually, the revival went on for seven weeks. But the, but the guy that was the pastor ended up leaving the church because he prayed like this. Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. And he'd pray like this. Somehow, someway. Somehow, someway, somehow, some, and he said, this other minister that's telling the story, he said, he'd get real sing-songing. Somehow, someway, somehow, and then finally he got desperate at the end of a meeting, and he said this, by hook or crook. God doesn't work by hook or crook. He works by faith. I said he works by faith. These men are l releasing Faith, and one of the primary ways you release faith, and that is by the expression of the answer. Jesus, you're the master. You're the master of leprosy, and you are the dispenser of God's mercy. What is mercy? The ability of God from stop, to stop from happening to you what should happen to you. What should happen to them? Well, they should live their life out as a leper. Leper eat up their body to the point that their body has to succumb to it, and they die. But thank God for mercy. All of us, all of us have received the mercy of God. Our lives, no matter what they are, whether you live under the bridge over here on 61st Street or whether you live in the highest penthouse in Galveston down at one of the nice high-rises, it does not matter. You are born, you live your life, you die, and you go to a sinner's hell. But God, through His mercy, not by acts of righteousness, but according to His mercy, He has stopped from happening to us what should happen to us, and now we live our life, we die, and we go to heaven, and we live with Jesus forever and ever. So they came in faith. When He saw them, He said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. Now there's their answer. He says, is it that simple? Yeah, he didn't give you comp. Listen, if there were complicated answers for your complicated problem, you'd never get it. I mean, your problem is all wrapped up in knots, all kinds of this, that, and the other thing. You're like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get out of this? God has a simple solution for your complicated problem. If there was a complicated solution for your complicated problem, you would never get it, neither would I. You say, you mean there's a real simple answer? Yes, his name is Jesus. You turn to him by faith. You get the word of God in your heart. You learn to speak it. You learn to act on it. You learn to rejoice in God. You learn to glorify him. You believe you receive. And the Bible says you shall have it in Jesus' name. But now notice this. This is interesting. It says, let me find it here. Go show yourself to the priests. And it came to pass as they went, as they went, as they obeyed the word, they were cleansed. Now let me tell you something. Thank God for the instantaneous. We've seen it many times in the altar where there is an impartation of the power of God. The pain leaves, the symptoms go, whatever it is happens. Amen? But there are many times by faith as you go, as you walk it out, as you go, the Bible says, as they go, as they went, they were cleansed. So as they did what? As they obeyed. If they would have said, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll go tomorrow. You know, it's kind of late in the afternoon. And I don't know. The priest in at this. Is, maybe this is their day off. Man, if Jesus gives you a word, you better get going. And if the door's not open, you better bang on it. 
I ought to get a better amen than that. A lot of people lose their victory when God speaks to them and says, this is the way out of your problem. This is the way to be healed. This is the way to be delivered. This is the way to be set free. And all of a sudden, you hesitate. That hesitation can cost you a miracle. When God speaks, act. When God speaks, act. You say, well, what if it wasn't God and I mess up? Get up off the ground, dust yourself off, and next time He speaks, act. And next time he speaks, act. You say, well, what if I blow it that? Listen, if it takes a hundred times that you fail, it's the one time that you don't fail that's going to give you a miracle. That's where people get discouraged. That's where they quit. Don't be a quitter. Ought to get a better amen than that. Don't be a quitter. Now notice this. They were all cleansed. But one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now, they are what? They are cleansed and healed. Now, listen, when you came to Jesus and you got born again, you were cleansed. You were cleansed. And many of you, as you've lived by faith, as you've, as you've walked with God, you've come to Island Church, you've, you've read your Bible, you've prayed, you've believed God, God's answered your prayers. In that process of cleansing, you've been healed of many things in life, many things that's happened in your past, many things that you might have been addicted or afflicted with. You've been healed. But let me tell you, there's a step further than that that God wants you to go because thank God for cleansing, thank God for healing, but that's not God's best. How many want God's best? Everybody say God's best. Now notice this. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was what? The most least likely one. He was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan, the most least likely one. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? They're not found to return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Notice this. There are not found that return, here it is, to give glory to God, save this stranger. Everybody say, give glory to God. Your life, after you've been cleansed and healed, needs to be a life of giving glory to God. Now let me say this, because you're, you're quickly going to go one way or another. Everyone in this building, everyone in this building, you're going to go one way or another very quickly. The process has already started. You're either going to go this direction into the most joyous, glorious lifestyle of serving God that you've ever lived in your life. Amen. Which means what? More prayer, more of the Word, more giving, more coming to church, more coming to special meetings, more seminars, more outreaches, more crusades, more missions work, more, 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 more of God. I mean, to your whole life is nothing but serving God and the glory. You get up in the morning, you get up worshiping God. You go to bed at night, you go to bed worshiping God. There's a Bible by your bedstand. There's a Bible in your bathroom. You're listening to tapes. You're listening to CDs. You're digging up old messages. You're doing everything you know to do to serve God with everything that you are. Or you will go the other way and by the magnetic pull of the world and world system on your flesh and your soul it will suck you out of the move of God and pull you into an apostasy and get you out of everything that God's doing in this era could cost you your eternal soul. Listen to me. It could cost you your eternal soul, especially if you enter into that life and lifestyle of unrighteousness 
and turn around one day and we're all gone. I heard a preacher say this because he heard some people in his congregation say, well, if we miss the rapture, we'll be all right during the tribulation. If you, if you couldn't serve God when there's grace upon the earth, what makes you think you're going to serve God when there's no grace? You're not going to do it. You'll end, up, you'll end up losing the very thing that gives you eternal life. It's time to make the adjustment. It's time to return to him and fall on your face at his feet and begin to glorify God in everything you do because there is a benefit. Now notice, Jesus does what? He looks for us to do that. He looks for our lives to become so saturated in him that nothing else is of value in our life. Thank God for the things we get to do, the places we get to go, our family time together, all those types of things. But in reality, the true value and wealth of our life becomes our relationship with him becomes our relationship with Him. Jesus said, I've got something for people to do that. And I'm looking for everybody to come back and do it. He said, now where are the nine? Where are the nine? There's not but one to return to give glory to God, save this stranger. I don't believe this is a mathematical equation. Well, there's ten people right here, and you know only one's going to... No, no, I believe that's generational. I believe we are the generation of the one that returns to God and falls down on our face at his feet and begin to live the glorified life. And we are the generation that gets what? Notice right here. He said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee... Now say it again. Whole. Everybody say whole. whole. Say whole. whole. Say whole. Now, yes, God wants you cleansed. Yes, God wants you healed. But more than God wants you cleansed and healed, God wants you whole. Now here's the, illust the illustration is in the message, is in the, is in the story of the ten lepers. This is what the Lord showed me in that hotel room in Corpus Christi. We could get in the, we talked about it in the early story. What was his name again? Mr. Peabody. How many remember Mr. Peabody? That's why we're believing God for a younger congregation around here for the, what was the boy's name? Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Sherman, Sherman and, they, and, they, and, I, and, I, and I got this one right. They would go back in time in the Wayback Machine. I remember the Wayback Machine. Now, for you who don't know that, it was a dog and a little boy. Now, this is a cartoon, amen. Cartoon on TV that we watched back in, you know, 1822. And so Mr. Peabody and Sherman would go get into the Wayback Machine and go back to times in history. And, and you know, it could be, could be like a little history list. So we, we get Sherman and Mr. Peabody to come to Island Church, and then we, they bring their Wayback Machine, and we get to go way back to when the lepers were healed by Jesus. Say, say two years after the lepers were healed. So we're going around and we're looking for the lepers in this area of Samaria. So we're able to, we find one, we find another, we find another, and they all have glorious testimonies. Glorious testimony. Yeah, I was a leper. I was a leper. I was a leper. And I'm telling you, I was there that day. We went to the priest. We were cleansed and healed. We were cleansed and healed. Here's what you would be able to say to them. Well, I can tell, I can tell by looking at you that you used to be a leper. I was thinking maybe when I first saw you, maybe you were in an agricultural accident or some type of industrial accident. I see you're scarred on your face. I see you have some fingers missing on your hand. I see that there's some places in your flesh that have been... Well, I can tell you used to be a leper, but glory to God, you've been healed of leprosy. Amen? So we would find person 
after person. There would be one, two, three, four, five. We'd have them all there for our, for our Wayback Machine seminar. Amen. Five, six, seven. We'd have nine. But then we would have this tenth guy over there, and we would walk up to him, and we'd say, now, wait a second. You're with these nine? You're with these nine guys? Now, we can tell they used to be, but we can't ever tell you used to be. And he could say this, yes, I returned to the Lord, fell down on his face, fell down on my face at his feet, and I gave him thanks. And he didn't just cleanse me. He didn't just heal me. He has removed every effect of leprosy. All throughout Scripture in the Bible, leprosy is a type of sin. And I'm going to tell you something. Sin will scar you. Sin will harm you. Sin will leave effects in your life where people can say to you, well, I can tell you, I can tell you used to be a drug addict. I can tell you used to be a, you know, a bank robber. I can tell you used to be this. I can tell you used to be that. But Jesus came not to just cleanse you and heal you from all of what sin has done to you. Jesus has come to make you whole. Now let me close with this. The word wholeness is unique in its application, not only to this scripture, to other scriptures Jesus used the word. It, it, if you study it in both Hebrew and Greek, there's a blending of the meanings, meanings which help you come to a common understanding. That is this. Wholeness literally means the entire assembly of parts of life put back together. Now see, immediately in our minds we think about, oh great, back before the problem. That's not what it means. It literally means the entire assembly of the parts of your life being put back together, not the way it was before you had problems. No, no, no. The way it was before man fell in the garden. That means the restoration of you and God, the Word, the Spirit that abides and empowers, healing physically, prosperity financially, peace in your mind, joy in your heart, and a true living testimony of the glory of God, where when you tell your testimony, people will look at you and say, ain't no way. There ain't no way. You do not look like, nor do you act like, nor do you talk like anyone who could ever have been like that, and your testimony would be, thank God I got born again and cleansed. I started going to church reading my Bible, and as I did that and walked out over the years, I've experienced something that's beyond my imagination. Jesus has made me whole. Now let me say this. You don't need anything in your past life of sin to help you serve God. Amen? I've been privileged to know over the years a great evangelist named Jesse Duplantis. Has anybody ever heard of Jesse? Jesse and I preached meetings together for years. and Most of you have heard his testimony about... Uh, before he got saved, he was a rascal. And he was a, he was a rock star extravagant. I mean, he was, one of the, he was up there. I mean, he was poised to become. And he, his musical ability is amazing. I've, I've sat with him in, in, in fellowship times at people's homes where he would take guitar and play guitar and turn it upside down and play it with the other hand. Just never, and never miss a lick. I mean, never took lessons, just knew it all naturally. But here's something that's unique. His entire life before salvation was music. His entire life was music. But when he got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
The Lord, although we've been in meetings where he played the piano, would sing, do different things like that, but God never let him make an album. God never let him go back to what he was. He became a preacher of the gospel. That doesn't mean any gift or talent or anything. That's, we've got wonderful musicians, people that play, and I'm sure many of them knew how to do that before they got saved. But many times there's some dominant thing in your life that you think, if I could only hang on to that, I could really be a blessing. And God says, no. I'm going to make you whole. And if I'm going to make you whole, you've got to be willing to let go of everything in life that you think you have to have, something that may bring you success or pleasure. You have to let it go. I remember when I came back to the Lord, I, had, I worked as a longshoreman. I worked offshore. I always did hard labor. Then I got into the, back then it was the cable TV industry. Back in Galveston in the, in the late 70s, we had teleprompter cable TV. We had 12 channels. I mean, we were on the top of the mountain, Amen. But as I, as, I, as I continued in that industry, I, uh, I, I climbed the ladder. I started out as an assistant to an installer. I became an installer. I became an assistant to a technician. I became a technician. Then I became what's called a trunk line technician in which I took care of all of the wiring of entire cable systems, Lamarck, Texas City, Hitchcock, Santa Fe, BioVista, and all that technology they had back then, which was very archaic compared to what they have today. I knew how to take care of it. I knew how to build it. I knew how to do everything. I came back to the Lord. I, I was getting ready to begin Bible school. This would have been the summer of 1984. A man came to me. He says, I got a business proposal for you. They were just beginning in 1984 to wire, pre-wire hotels for, for cable TV. He said to me, I'll send you anywhere in the world you want to go. He says, I have thousands of hotels which are fixing to be built all around the world, and I have the contract to put pre-wired cable TV into every room. He said, I will pay you $100 a room. He said, based on what you know and how you know to do things, you could hire a couple of guys. Y'all could probably do a 400-room hotel a week. Now you think about the amount of money I could have made. I'm telling you, it was the most, it was the, it was the largest financial proposal ever proposed to me in my life. But I knew that if I did not go to Bible school, that if I did not continue serving God, that I, if I did not come and fall at His feet, which is an act of submission, on my face and say, not my will, but thine be done, that I'd lose out on everything that God has for me. I thank God I didn't take that contract. It took strength to do it. I mean, because the money, he was literally, he literally told me, he said, you can put a million dollars in cash in your pocket every year for the next five years. What would that buy me? It'd buy me back the lifestyle I came out of. That's what it would have bought me. I could have gone to the most exotic places of the earth, but I've been there anyway. I got to go there and preach the gospel. I got to go there and be a witness. I got to go there and show them what wholeness looked like. Because that's exactly what God wants you to do is to have wholeness in your life so that when people see you, they can't ever tell. You used to be a drug addict, an alcoholic, a person dealing with depression, someone that's had bad relationships, someone that's had financial failure. They look at your life and they see the wholeness of God. That is the payoff to serving God in your lifetime. Don't try to do it your way. Don't try to go your own path. So many Christians try to do that and say, God, bless my path, bless my walk as I go this way. And every step they make, they step away from God. And this is what I found out about God. 
all the things that I thought would really make me happy, God gave me other things that made me more happy than that. And that is literally what God will do for every person that's willing to do what? Not just be cleansed and healed, but to be made whole by living a life of faith in what Christ has done for you. Amen? Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. Give Him a shout. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quick. Nobody looking around. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. Maybe you've never prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be your Lord and Savior. Those two little girls that were up here, that's what I did with them. I prayed. I remember when Breland was about that age. She jumped up on, my, on the couch and jumped up on my belly and asked Jesus to come into her life. She was about three or four years old. Every person has to come to the point in our life where they make a decision. Will you accept Jesus or will you reject Him? Maybe you've made Jesus your Lord, but you've, that sweet fellowship you used to enjoy has been broken and you need to be restored so that that fellowship between you and God can be sweet again. With no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, you say, that's me, Pastor. I, I don't want to leave here today not knowing I'm right with God. I want to be right with God. I want to be like that ninth, that tenth leper. I want to come and fall down on my face at His feet and give Him thanks and be restored to all of His goodness. If there's anybody like that here today, if that's you, lift your hand real quick and put it back down and I'll pray with you real quick. I see one hand, two hands, three hands. You can put them down as soon as you raise them. Four hands, five hands. God bless you. I see your hands as you raise them. Anyone else, quickly. Anyone else, there's five. I see your hand. God bless you. That's six that have raised their hand. Praise God. Everybody look this way. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it real simply. I'm not going to ask you to come up or do anything. But as a congregation, we're going to stand. And we're going to pray a prayer together. Now, all of you that have raised your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray the prayer out loud so your own ears hear it. Amen. Can you do that for me? And then as you pray that prayer, when we say amen, when we say amen, then you settle it. And here's what you settle. In your mind, I want this thought to go through your mind. I'm right with God. I'm right with God. But I want another thought to follow that thought. I'm right with God. I'm going to stay right with God. I'm going to stay right with God. Amen. Church, would you stand? And with these six that have raised their hand, let's all pray this out loud. Here we go. Ready? Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God. You sent your son Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm a new creature. Areas of my life that do not please you, Lord. I ask your forgiveness. Thanking you, Lord. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Devil, you look at me. I do not belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Jesus, look at me. I am yours and you are mine. I will never be the same. Thank you as I stand the 31st of January 2021. I am right with God. 
My sins are gone. My future is bright. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Now, everybody, raise your hands and thank God for it. Come on, let's thank God with them. Let's thank God with them. Let's thank God with them. Now, just a couple of things real quick. Actually, three simple things. Number one, read your Bible. The Bible is God speaking to you personally. Get you a translation you can understand. I know all the these and thous of the King James sometimes can be confusing. There's so many good translations out there. Get one and read it every day. That's God talking to you. That's how faith comes. Amen. Secondly, talk to God. There's a name up for it. There's a word for it. It's called prayer. Just go to Him. I like what one preacher said. He said, talk to God like He's a real person. He is a real person. Talk to Him. Jesus is alive. He's got ears. God is alive. He can hear you pray. And I guarantee you, if you'll learn, we're going to start a prayer school next week. If you'll learn, you'll learn how to listen and hear God speak back to your own heart. Have you ever heard God talk to you? That doesn't make you crazy. That makes you powerful in the things of God. Amen. Third, you need a family. Not, not thank God for your natural family. You need a spiritual family. That's church. Church is important, even more so in the last of the last days because Jesus is coming back for what? A glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So read your Bible, pray, come to church, and I guarantee you, you will not struggle with staying right. You'll stay right in all the things of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, let your blessing be upon us as we leave. By faith, we appropriate the blessing of God out of Psalms 91. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the devil. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Now, fathers, we navigate the troubled waters of even the area in which we live. We thank you that in our travels we're protected. Highway, airway, seaway, railway, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare your protection. Father, the righteous labor of our hands. We work in our jobs. We work in our business. We go out into the ocean, out into the medical uh, area, and medical uh, clinics. We go out into, into retail, into, into real estate. We have contractors, people that own their own. Lord, in every area, thank you that we're protected. We're kept safe. No evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. And even these foul viruses, the flu, the cold, COVID, Father, thank you that you protect us. You keep us encapsulated round about. As we stand in faith, believe and we receive your total provision in our life. Lord, even more than that, let our light shine. Let there be a fire burning in us as we continue to walk out our path of righteousness. As you make us whole, let the fire of evangelism burn in our hearts. Let us be a blessing to people. Let us be a problem to the devil. Let us be an answer to their prayers and a miracle in their lives. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless.